listening to The Ortho Podcast, the only podcast made by orthopods for orthopods, bringing you weekly updates from the leading journals of orthopedics to your earbuds in 20 minutes or less. Welcome to The Ortho Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Dr. Eric Pang from Palo Alto, California. He's at our old offices of The Ortho Podcast now that we've moved to uh, New York. So, hi, Eric. How are you doing? Hey, Tim. It's Eric here. Thanks for having me. Uh, we miss you here at uh, the old offices, but uh, glad to be here today. So, what topic did you decide to talk about today? Uh, so, today we'll be talking about femoral neck fractures, particularly in the elderly population. Uh, as you all know, this is a pretty common injury uh, for orthopedists, especially nowadays. Uh, as the uh, U.S. population is getting older and older, uh, we're going to be seeing more and more of these. So I thought it would be a good topic to uh, review today. Well, that's a that's a good point. How quickly is that population growing? I know we hear a lot about the baby boomers and their aging group, but can you tell us a little more about uh, what that actually means? Yeah, so recent census data from 2010 uh, when broken down by age, showed that the greater than 65-year-old population from 2010, or excuse me, from 2000 to 2010, grew by about 15% uh, versus the overall growth rate of the general population, which is only 9.7%. So what you're saying is the uh, rate of growth for those older patients are greater than the rest of us? Pretty much. And as they're living longer and longer, like I said, there will be more and more femoral neck fractures. And seeing as we'll be doing more of these surgeries in the future, uh, there's been a growing interest in optimizing our technique. Amongst the great modern debates of InSync versus Backstreet Boys, uh, Brittany versus Christina, Jordan versus Kobe, the Warriors versus the Cavs, <laughs> we now have the debate of cemented versus uncemented stems for hemiarthroplasties. Oh, yeah. And I know that debate's been going on for a long time. Uh, there have been a lot of papers in the past uh, going over the risks of fracture and, of course, the pulmonary risks, too, of uh, cementation. Uh, so can you provide us with any insight on how to treat these? Sure. Uh, just as a general overview, uh, femoral neck fractures come in all types of flavors, young, old, displaced, non-displaced, high-energy and low-energy mechanisms. All of these factors should be taken into account when approaching a patient with a femoral neck fracture to help guide treatment. Ultimately, the choice of treatment is largely dependent on the degree of displacement. There are several classification systems for these injuries, including the Garden and the Powell's classification. But to simplify the discussion, uh, a displaced femoral neck fracture uh, requires reduction in, and fixation uh, with the exception of certain special circumstances. The concern with a displaced femoral neck fracture is compromise of the blood supply to the femoral head via the medial femoral circumflex. Uh, in the elderly population, the treatment for displaced femoral neck fractures is primarily an arthroplasty procedure. Uh, I wanted to focus uh, more uh, into the treatment for the elderly uh, for this conversation uh, as it's a very large topic uh, and we would save the uh, the rest of it probably for another podcast. Sure. Yes, you do uh, bring up a good point there that I think everybody should be aware of. 
specifically for femoral neck fractures that they do occur in two different patient populations or a bimodal distribution. So you have your young patients uh, and these uh, typically occur after high energy mechanisms such as motorcycle accidents, fall from heights, or car accidents and their fractures are typically displaced with comminution uh, just demonstrating the high energy going into the injury and these are more, most frequently treated with anatomic reduction uh, which is often performed open with internal fixation in order to preserve the femoral head. That being said, this is uh, the opposite case for the elderly patient uh, because of their need to mobilize uh, to prevent other comorbidities from being bed-bound, such as bed sores and pneumonias or DVTs, we want to get these patients up and moving, and doing an arthroplasty-type procedure would allow for immediate weight-bearing. Uh, yeah. So for the elderly population, as you had mentioned, it's the total hip versus the hemiarthroplasty, which, again, is another uh, topic for debate. Uh, which we'll uh, let lie for for the time being. Uh, but we'll focus more on the patients that are already getting the hemiarthroplasties, uh, which are generally the more elderly and less active patients. Uh, once you decide the patient is going to get a hemiarthroplasty, the next question becomes uh, the use of cement or an uncemented stem. Intuitively, uh, cementing a stem uh, would make sense increased stability, and lower risk of cracking the calcar when you're trying to press fit a stem. Furthermore, uh, there's been previous evidence that cemented hemiarthroplasties had superior outcomes. Uh, the flip side is the risk of pulmonary complications, as you alluded to earlier. While the process by which the, these complications arise is not completely understood, uh, it likely has something to do with the pressurization of the medullary canal and subsequent release of bone marrow contents and cement particles into the patient's circulation. While cardiopulmonary complications are rare in these procedures, uh, it is a catastrophic complication uh, if it does occur and scary enough for orthopedic surgeons to try to find another way to do it. I haven't seen this myself, and it's exceedingly rare. However, you should make your anesthesiologist aware uh, that you're cementing so that they can monitor the vitals a little more closely at that time. Okay, so that makes sense. It sounds like some of the controversies are, uh, you know, the differences between functional outcomes and advantages between the cemented and uncemented stems, which functional outcomes seem to be in favor of cementing a stem. Um, but the risk of pulmonary complications sounds like the press fit stems win that debate. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. There's actually a lot of high-quality studies out there. Uh, just a few to mention uh, here. Uh, in 2009, Fivid et al. and a group out of Norway performed a randomized control study of cemented versus uncemented hemiarthroplasties for displaced femoral neck fractures in the elderly. Patients were recruited at two hospitals, um, and uh, the authors primarily looked at outcome scores using multiple different metrics, including the Harris Hip scores, Barthol Index scores, and EQ5D scores. Uh, they ended up with 112 patients in the cemented group and 108 in the uncemented group. In their study, they found no difference in clinical outcome scores and an equal rate of complications in each group. Furthermore, uh, the one- and two-year mortality was the same between groups. 
Okay, so that's pretty good. Uh, pretty convincing study. 100 patients in each arm, roughly. Randomized study. And at one and two year follow-up, they didn't find very many differences then? Uh, yeah, not very many differences between the two groups. So do we conclude that they're the same? Uh, actually, uh, the same group came back five years later and looked at the same patient population to look at longer-term outcomes. Uh, femoral neck fractures in the elderly, as we know, uh, is has been shown to be a poor prognostic indicator, and this study was a great example of that. Of the original 220 patients, more than half of them died, 123. Others uh, were lost to follow-up as well, leaving only 46 cemented and 41 uncemented patients left for analysis. Of these patients, there was a significantly greater Harris HIP score in the uncemented group. However, due to the design of the study, the authors did not believe that this was a clinically significant or statistically reliable outcome, and their theory was further supported by their lack of significant findings in the other two outcome metrics that they used in this study. What they did find, however, was more periprosthetic fractures in the uncemented group, um, 7.4% versus 0.9% in the cemented group. Mortality and reoperation rates were the same. So what you're saying is that at five-year follow-up, looking at the same population, they have similar functional outcomes, but the press fit group has a seven-fold difference in femoral neck fractures. That's pretty striking there. Yeah, so definitely something to take note of uh, when you're treating these patients. So uh, there's actually been a lot more other studies, uh, or excuse me, a few other studies as well, uh, which we'll touch on two more here. Uh, the first one uh, from 2010, which was published in JBJS by Parker et al., uh, looking at the same topic, they enrolled 400 patients uh, with femoral neck fractures and randomized them to cemented or uncemented hemiarthroplasties. Uh, they found that there was a longer mean time of surgery and anesthesia in the cemented group, but that these patients also had improvements in pain uh, reported at two years post-op. These patients also had better mobility metrics at up to one year and fewer intraoperative fractures. Uh, there was no difference in mortality or complications, however. All right. So what you're saying is in this study of 400 patients, the patients in the cemented group had better functional outcome at one year with fewer fractures. The, so the fewer fractures are similar to the other study, but now this group found a difference in function. Correct. So the last study that we'll talk about uh, was in 2011 from the Journal of Orthopedic Trauma uh, by DeAngelis et al., uh, this study, based out of Beth Israel, looked at patients with femoral neck fractures and randomized them again to cemented or uncemented implants. Outcomes of interest here uh, were the modified Older Americans Resources and Service Instrument Survey, uh, which is basically an outcomes measure, uh, and then also looking at all-cause mortality and perioperative complications. 64 Patients were randomized to uncemented and 66 to the cemented group. They found that there was no difference in acute complications, including ICU admission, pneumonia, myocardial infarction, infection, or reoperations. Uh, they also found no difference in intraoperative fractures. Additionally, there was no difference in mortality or functional outcomes at 30, 
30 days, 60 days, or one-year follow-up. Okay, so it sounds like this group study is similar to the one that you had mentioned from 5ED, uh, their two-year outcomes where there were no differences between each group. Um, so clearly it sounds like there's still some controversy and uh, it's not entirely clear which one's better than the other. But in terms of post-operative fracture rate, the randomized studies either show a no difference or slightly greater difference for the PressFit group, whereas for functional outcomes, they're either no difference or better for the cemented group. Does that sound about right? That sounds about right. Um, certainly, there's no uh, consensus as to the which implant is better, uh, but ultimately, for the orthopedist, uh, it should come down to their experience and comfort level with the different implants, as well as the different patient factors, uh, which should be considered uh, before the operation. Certainly, there's a lot more evidence or a lot more research to be done, and I'm sure that we'll be seeing more studies about this in the future. Great, and you do bring up a good point there, Eric. That uh, for those listeners out there, you need to make sure that when you're uh, doing these cases for the hip fracture population, their bone quality and soft tissue envelope are different than that of your standard osteoarthritic population. So that they're at a higher risk of fracture because their bone is softer, uh, as well as uh, potentially instability as well because uh, the lack of soft tissue contracture. So uh, Eric, th- thanks for bringing up all those good points and reviewing that evidence for us. I think it uh, gives us a lot more high-quality literature to go by when trying to make this decision. Sure thing. Thanks for having me, Tim. Great. We look forward to hearing from you in the future. Take care. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for listening to The Ortho Podcast, improving evidence-based orthopedics one cast at a time.